The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome and happy holidays, everyone. Glad to have you with us for another episode of Trip Talk. We are going to take to the country roads of North Carolina and the region of the South with a couple of true sons of the South right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you the gift-giving season is not only upon us, it is winding down, getting close to the big day. It's certainly time to fuel the open road dreams, and you do have time. Fuel the open road dreams of special people in your life with a subscription to American Road Magazine. With exciting features, quality writing, and beautiful photography in every issue, American Road makes a perfect gift for road-tripping moms and dads, gallivanting grandparents, adventurous aunts and uncles. Maybe that special friend will enjoy it, too. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com. That's AmericanRoadMagazine.com. Click subscribe, and for a limited time, you can enter the code KKNW to receive 25% off your subscription. Welcome back to Trip Talk. I have a couple of gentlemen who take to the open road like few other people I know, and we're going to get some of their stories over the balance of this brief half hour. Let me tell you first about someone who's returning to the show. Actually, he's been on a couple of times before. I always enjoy talking to Tony Craig, who left North Carolina in 1987 to pursue a career in animation. He has worked as a producer and director on programs for the Warner Brothers Studio, Hanna-Barbera, and the Walt Disney Company. Tony grew to miss his home state so much that he often returned to the American South to photograph the landscape's vanishing icons. In addition to writing country stores in North Carolina, Tony creates watercolor paintings from his photographs. More of his work can be seen at TonyCraig.net. Then I want to tell you about another true son of the South, and what a perfect name for somebody who hails from that region. We're talking about Cotton Ketchy. Isn't that great? Cotton Ketchy, born and raised near Mooresville, North Carolina, a renowned watercolorist, author and photographer, Mr. Ketchy has driven to and photographed places of interest in all hundred counties of his beloved state, North Carolina. He has not been bound by his state's borders. He and his wife, Vicki, have taken themselves across the USA several times and have visited all of the 48 contiguous states and Alaska. Cotton Ketchy calls himself a preservationist, and he's dedicated most of his adult life capturing the beauty and essence of many of the bad roads of America to American Road Magazine. That is music to their ears and eyes for sure. The Blue Ridge Parkway and the winding lanes of the North Carolina mountains and the Outer Banks are continually calling him to hit the road on yet another of his quests. So let's say hello to Tony Craig and Cotton Ketchy. Gentlemen, your best friends, brother from another mother, all of that. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thanks. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, I love that country twang. We're ready to hit the open road in the South at the mere sound of your names, that's for sure. <laughs> Let's get started with you, Tony. And then, uh, Cotton, we're going to have you jump in. Tony, when I was arranging this show with you, I have to say that you convinced me beyond a shadow of a doubt that I needed to have Cotton Ketchy along with you. It's almost as though you are soul brothers. In fact, maybe it's more than almost. It feels like you two have a connection that is way more than skin deep, and you have traveled the open roads together and had many an adventure. Why don't you tell us about your interest in road travel in North Carolina? What is it about that region of the country that speaks to you and 
and will bring cotton into the conversation? Well, we're just lucky here to be able to have the mountains on one side and the ocean on the other side, and a lot of pretty country in between. We have a lot of vanishing tobacco barns and pretty landmarks, and that was one of the things that drew me to Cotton Circle. Uh, knowing about his artwork long before I met him, I knew that he was of a like mind in searching out these things that I saw vanishing from the sides of the road, and that's why I kind of worked my way into his friendship, I think. I can see where you would be on the same wavelength from all that I have seen so far. Cotton Ketchy, welcome to Trip Talk. What is it about you and Tony that makes such a buddy movie out of your life together whenever you can get together? That would make a good movie. Tony and Tower are more like, we're more like brothers. We do hit the road together when we get the chance. Tony living on the Outer Banks of North Carolina and me in the heartland. And I can go, I can be on the Blue Ridge Parkway in an hour and 15 minutes. And I do that quite often as I can. But I seek out often the back lanes, the two lanes, the little lanes that go winding around through the, through the mountains, that dirt road with grass growing up in the middle of them. Sometimes I end up in somebody's barn lot. And that's the kind of roads that I like to get on. These are the places where you can see everything that you couldn't possibly see if you treat North Carolina as a flyover state. I understand where you're coming from, Cotton. Uh, yes, that to me is uh, America, America at its best. You don't see these flying in an airplane. I don't fly. I don't uh, go to airports, big airports, to get on airplanes. I just... In September, I drove to Seattle uh, and, oh, and wow. got a boat to Alaska. Then we took about 10 days driving back. And I would go to, the, believe it or not, if, if I would go to places that I see in American Road magazines. They speak my interest, and I, I searched them out. I just loved it. Well, that is a great resource. Okay, Cotton, I can't let this one go. You mentioned Seattle, the Emerald City. Perhaps you're not aware, since we did this by email and phone to arrange your visit to Trip Talk. This program, which starts out as a live broadcast on 1150 KKNW Seattle, and then it is converted into a podcast where it is tossed to the four winds and the seven seas. With that being the case, Cotton, I've got to ask you, because our listeners right now want to hear, what was your impression the first time that you drove into Seattle? What did you see? Where did you want to go? Probably a visit to the Space Needle was in order, but you tell us. Well, we, walked, we stayed within walking distance of the Space Needle. It was my second visit to Seattle, and we uh, planned it to where we could walk to a lot of the places. So we walked up to the Space Needle, and I wanted to see the Chihuly exhibit. I had seen it before at the Biltmore House in uh, North Carolina, and I'd seen it at Bentonville, Arkansas. I love Chihuly's glass, and that was just one of the highlights of the trip. And, of course, we went to Pike's Market and, and things like that and eat down on the waterfront. Uh, I had to have a Seattle dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know how to be I a like good to tourist. Eat. Oh, yeah. Tony and I... Uh, we, yeah, Tony and I like to uh, eat hot dogs when we can, so I, I sought out a Seattle hot dog. Oh, no, that is great. That cotton. I yes, and you have eaten a hot dog at probably every place you could get one in North Carolina. 
But you know what? I can understand how that would be something to aim for because I have my little fetishes as well. But And I love corn dogs. If I ever went to a country fair, I haven't been to one in many years, but if I ever went to one, there's no way you'd get me out of there. I can do without the fried Twinkie, but I've got to have the corn dog. You're just attracted to certain things. For other people, it might be rating coffee or how about this? Best burger, best pizza, etc. That's one of the joys of road travel. And it sounds to me, Cotton, like you and Tony have done quite a lot of it together, perhaps with Miss Vicky along, perhaps not. But the two of you guys, brothers under the skin, have managed to see so many places. So why don't we get into that a little bit? If it, if it wasn't Seattle, where might it be in North Carolina, perhaps in South Carolina, heading across to Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia, all of those places? Have you traveled together throughout the South? Well, North Carolina, mostly we've traveled together. We have been on the extremely back roads in North Carolina together, finding old barns and uh, country churches that that are hard to find and photographing those together on road trips. Uh, she brought out the food about the hot dogs. Tony and I also in North Carolina is famous for its barbecue, and we do go places to eat barbecue together. That would be another big one on my list as well. Tony, what are those experiences like for you? You must look forward to getting together with Cotton because there's such a sense of adventure between you. Well, yeah, I love Cotton and I love Vicky. Vicky is uh, one of the nicest people you could ever meet. And Cotton knows every back road, places I would never even think to turn. If I were out driving by myself, he'd say in our last trip, for example, he saw some rhyme up on the mountain, R-I-M-E. I'd never heard of that, but he said, come on, you're going to see a treat. And he took me up to the top of a mountain where the clouds, the mist from the clouds have frozen onto everything. The temperature dropped to 20-something degrees. We were up there shaking and shivering, but we had to get out and take pictures of all the frost and ice. And when he went up there, I thought he was driving up somebody's driveway. But it turns out he knew the way to get back up there that somebody else wouldn't know about. I love I got that. Us back down too, didn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hence we have this visit. Yes, that North Carolina offers wonderful topography, as you were indicating earlier. I mean, you've got the mountains, you've got the ocean. I have not been out to the Outer Banks. I have not been to Cape Hatteras, and there are times in the season, oh. particularly summer, when it would not be advisable to do so unless you're paying close attention to the weather report. What about that part of North Carolina? I take it that is. It's an area, people go through many times, up the middle of North Carolina. I've done that a few times, but not having made it to the Outer Banks or a place like Cape Hatteras, who are the people there? What are they like? How do they brave the hurricane risk the way that they do? Well, well, can let me tell you that. that. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, we have a museum here on the island I live on, Harkers Island, and it's run by a woman named Karen M. Sparker-Willis. And they're in the process of compiling everyone's stories of how they've weathered not only the hurricane from this year, Dorian, or Florence from last year, but all the hurricanes in the past, compiling photographs. And I think the resiliency of everyone here is that they just love it so much, they just know that they're going to have to pick up their pieces, rebuild, and move on. But they're, I Tony's say, just really lived through the last two. Yeah, Tony's just lived through the last two hurricanes at Harker's Island. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and which ones were those? I, I live in Sarasota, and I was in Chicago, believe it or not, when Irma hit, and we sustained a little bit of damage, replaced our roof. 
in our villa here uh, just outside of Sarasota. And that was OK. I didn't I wasn't living physically through the danger of it. But those folks out in the Outer Banks, Cape Hatteras, notoriously, there are just in the path. There's almost like they lay out a welcome sign. If there's a hurricane, come on in. Yeah. Well, yeah. the folks in Oak 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 Island. got it worse than yeah. anybody. Yeah, they uh, really got hit bad this year. They were underwater. Just practically the entire island was. Uh, one of the things, too, though, I started going to the Outer Banks in 1980 uh, to do the lighthouse that I'd never seen one before. And someone encouraged me to help preserve those landmarks. And, and that's when I became a preservation artist. And I did all the lighthouses on the coast of North Carolina. And I painted probably... I don't know, 30 or 40 different lighthouses up the coast of America. But uh, the Outer Banks has gorgeous lighthouses, and I did them for the National Park Service, and they sell those at the gift shops up and down the Outer Banks. And uh, I became known as a lighthouse artist. And then I started hitting the back roads, and I was known as a mill artist for a while, so I had to, to venture out and change things a little bit and try to do a little bit of everything. Tony is one of my heroes and my idols. He is... Uh, Oh, gosh, I just envy his talent so much. And he and I, along with eight others, are were the first 10 Blue Ridge realist artists that we were declared that by somebody. I forgot who it was. Tony could probably tell you that. Oh, I remember the show. It's had two exhibitions so far, I believe, with the Blue Ridge realists. Somebody decided that uh, a bunch of you had been painting the same material and thought it was a movement. And I guess that's how movements happen. Somebody declares it as such, and and there you go. You're part of a movement. Yeah, yeah we were honored to be one of the two of the first ten. Oh, well, that's it's just a testament to your your skill, your artistry, and your commitment, Tony and Cotton. Let me ask you this, and I am. In possession of a book, I'm very proud to know Tony Craig professionally through our program. I have a copy of his wonderful book of photography called Country Stores in North Carolina. And I mean, it looks like it's 10 minutes after the Civil War in some places, you know, and then you get into the 20s, the 30s, etc. The movement of time and it's captured beautifully by Tony in this book. When it comes to the country stores, to the place, it, may, it might be an old church or an old uh, bijou theater, whatever it happens to be. The question I have for you, gentlemen, and Tony, let me go to you and Cotton weigh in, please. When you are selecting a place to photograph, you could go for volume and just have a bunch of pictures of old places, but you, you're too much an artist for that. On the cover of your book, I look and I see that there is a general store and the uh, cross street is called Dead End Road, and there's a beautiful picture of it. It looks to me like it's caught between the old and the new. It's preserved, but it's preserved in a state of natural decay. That leads me to ask you, Tony and Cotton, when you go to take a picture, when you make a watercolor picture, a drawing, whatever it may be, what is it in terms of the character of the places you visit that captures your artist's or photographer's eye? Well, I'll say Go one ahead, thing Tony. and then turn it to you, Cotton, so you can tell about your cook's grocery painting. But uh, I just made admissions to find all those stores of a certain time period that happened to have old signs on them. Uh, if they didn't have a sign on it, I wasn't as interested in it because I didn't think it had as much character. Uh, now you can't find any that have old signs on them because they've become so collectible. Uh, so my focus has kind of shifted more to the mom-and-pop gas stations now. Uh, and those are on their way out, I'm finding, in favor of sheets gas stations or the big uh, gas stations with all the food and the, the 1,200 pumps 
you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it would be that. And secondary would be how it looked with the light or the time of day. Uh, Cotton had done a painting of a grocery in his hometown called uh, Cook's Grocery in Mooresville. And I'll let him tell you about that, how he discovered that. Well, yeah, I used to drive out every day when I was delivering groceries for another store in Mooresville uh, 50 or 60 years ago. And that store is gone. And that's one of the things that I am so passionate about is trying to save these landmarks, either by through my photography or through writing about them or either through my paintings. And uh, and that's how Tony, um, and I don't know where Tony ever heard my name, but he came in my gallery one time and asked me to write a blurb to go on the back of his book, Country Stores in North Carolina. And that's how I met Tony. And if you look at the back of that book, there's a little thing that I wrote on it because I saw what he was doing. And I believed so much in what he was doing that I felt the an obligation to do it, that I didn't know that we were going to become bosom buddies over this, and I am so glad we did. It was a very serendipitous thing. It was a fated meeting. Matter of fact, that blurb goes like this. Country stores in North Carolina is a treasure trove of pleasant memories of days gone by. Thanks to Tony, these wonderful glimpses of our past live on as a result of his passion and remind us of happier times. You know, gentlemen, what I see myself and what I hear talked about so much when people discuss road travel is this wave of nostalgia you fear for the, you fear you fear, whatever it is we fear about the future when we look at the past there is a sense of okay this happened it's subject to interpretation it's certainly subject to appreciation but it's the nostalgia itself that's, that envelops the experience and crowns it as a memory for road travelers there's one other thing, too, that we, we have left out thus far, and it's the people that we meet in these places. We just we, there, I, My philosophy is there is no such thing as a stranger. It's just a friend that I have not met yet, and Tony is the same way. We just stop the car, and we see a farmer out the side of his barn or something. We just stop and go talk to him. We've made new friends, go in these country stores. We wander through there and be, uh, meet these store owners who have been open for 60 years, you know, and just another whole friend. Tony is wonderful at that. That's a great yeah, social a big, skill. I think big you draw a big draw. You both have a touch of Will Rogers in you, I think. <laughs> I write a blog every morning. I have 4,300 followers on Facebook, and, and I write about the times growing up, my memories as a child, and uh, some. Uh, I don't know. I'm just passionate about it. These kids today, I feel sorry for them. They have these wonderful technological gadgets and everything, but they, they miss out on doing their own entertainment in the woods and playing in the, oh gosh, playing in the farm and going hunting and fishing and all that. And going to the country stores, there was one right above where I was raised. That I, I learned a lot there. I learned to play checkers there beside the wood stove. What better way to do it? Let me ask you guys, have you ever taken a trip, either together or separately, going from North Carolina to South Carolina and perhaps answering the call of commercialism? I managed to withstand it because I was trying to make good time one day. Otherwise, I was going to go to a place that is known to road travelers east of the Mississippi, far and wide, as south of the border. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's a whole lot of stuff going on there, I could tell, and I did not yield to temptation. If I'd had the time, I think I would have loved to at least walk around well, or drive around. What, what goes Gary, on there? you're a stronger this... man than I am. Uh -huh. You're a stronger yeah, yeah. man than I am. 
because so I know it's been there. the temptation. <laughs> well, we have a few minutes left. Tell us about south of the border. It seems to be a Carolina phenomenon, and it's right on the border between North and South Carolina. You go ahead, Tony. I've never been there. Okay. Well, I believe that he uh, his claim to fame and the, uh, whomever started it is the, the fact that they had all these fantastic billboards. Another thing on the roads that has fallen by the wayside are funny, interesting billboards. But all the way from Florida up to South Carolina and all the way up to New York and back down I-95, you would see these fantastic billboards like you never saw such a place and they would have a big, giant, three-dimensional sausage on the billboard. Or uh, you're always a wiener at Pedro's and they have a big hot dog. I remember. They had one that had rotating sheep that uh, would jump over a fence so that you could count uh, the sheep and get your sleep. They were fantastic billboards, and uh, I don't think there are many of them left. They're like the Rock City Park. You don't see those Well, not only that, just, yeah, like all drugstore in South Dakota. I went there again in September. You have to stop at Wall Drugstore after driving 500 miles, free ice water, Wall Drugstore, seats 500 people and all this. You've got to stop and see what it's like. Well, I will tell you this much, Cotton. I have done so, and I, I <laughs> tell people who've not been there, I say, you know, the main reason you go there is because you've got a lot of driving yet to do, going in either direction. That's exactly right. And the originator, the promoter of Wall Drug, made no bones about it, and I admire him for his forthrightness. He said, we wanted a place that would bring in tourists to our area, and this was the way to do it. He didn't Pretend that Wall Drug is anything other than the tourist trap. I'll put that in glittering capital letters. Tourist trap. And you know what? It is a great deal of fun to go there when you need a respite from the road. They even have yes, a little uh, park where you walk through there, and they've got this scary dinosaur that jumps out like something from Jurassic Park. And I'll tell you, Cotton and Tony, I was there one time when a mother brought her a toddler with her and hoisted her up on her shoulder and let her meet the dinosaur. I never heard a kid scream so loud in my life when that dinosaur <laughs> growled. <laughs> it, it was and really they still funny. Have free ice water. And they free still ice have water. Free ice and you, water. Can go, you can get ice cream if you're coming from Seattle all the way across the country, which I've done, and you get to Wall Drug, you also can find a wonderful blended coffee drink there. They have restaurants, souvenirs to beat the band. It's unbelievable. And it also is more or less the gateway to Badlands National Park. That's important right. to remember, because when I went into yeah. the Badlands with my partner, what an afternoon we had. It was extraordinarily beautiful. We, we have so uh, many other interesting attractions around yeah. there, too. You've got the corn yeah, palace. Yeah, we have a magnet collection, too. I'm sorry, gentlemen. Let's hear from both of you. Yes, I hear the corn palace. Been there, Mitchell, South Dakota. Very pleasant, hospitable people. Got a good haircut there one time, also. It was really neat to visit. And I, would, I wouldn't mind going again. It's a very homespun type of uh, populace there. I enjoy them very much, and the town is pretty. Uh, Cotton, you were going to say? Yeah, we buy magnets, my wife and I. Everywhere we go, we buy magnets for our souvenirs. And it out, uh, our refrigerator won't hold them. So we put a three-by-nine-foot piece of sheet metal in our garage wall now. So now we've got magnets from all over the country of all these places that we stopped. And every time we go out in the garage... We're reminded of these wonderful places we visited. 
I think that's a great thing to do. I collect some magnets myself. I've never really understood the uh, the spoon thing. Some of my relatives collect spoons from all over it, around the world. I'm not knocking it. It's just not my thing. But here again, it's a way of saying, you know, this is what I uh, bought Maybe. when I was in Rome. This is what I bought in London, etc., or around America. Whereas other people will get the magnets. I'm one of those. And some people will get the stickers to put on their suitcase, but it's something to remember these places by. Yep, Tony's a sticker man. Yep, the back of my car, I can't see out the windows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got, a, I got a new sticker here for you too, Tony. Oh, awesome. I'll get it next week, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. I wanted well, to, while we have honor, to... Gary, huh? Uh, I, I am thrilled to be able to talk to you, gentlemen. In the last couple of minutes that we have, I did want to ask you about your art projects, where you're going to be, and really the targets, the subjects of your photography, Tony, and, and your drawing, your artwork, Cotton. What is it that you are honing in on now? Cotton, you go first. I'm, well, I'm really doing more photography now. I closed my gallery after 32 years, so I'm doing photography now and writing. Um, I've been working on a calendar for Rowan County, next door county of quilt barns, which has become extremely popular. And I'm helping them make a calendar. I'm working on the 2021 calendar for them right now, doing the photography. Okay, Tony? Well, I submitted a lot of paintings to art shows last year and got in several of them and uh, got into the Birds and Art Show in Wausau, Wisconsin, which is a pretty high-profile nature show i'm going to try to enter that again for their 45th uh, year this coming year see if i can get into that do a few more paintings and i believe i'll be working on some woody woodpecker cartoons next year woody woodpecker still yeah still around how about that yeah i always thought all of that came from walter lance but he's been gone a while well it is with universal that that put out his cartoons but walter lance has been gone for a while yeah, Tony and I have both painted a quilt barn square ourselves, and it's in part of a hundred square quilt barn squares in one mural on the side of a building in North Carolina. And you can read about that in American Road Magazine coming out for the winter issue. I love it, and we definitely will be dipping into that as we do more road trip programs. Tony, where can people get up close and personal with you online? And then Cotton, tell us about your Facebook. But uh, Tony, go ahead. Where can people find you online? Best place to find me is Facebook.com slash Next Bend Gallery. Next Bend Gallery. That's my gallery site for right now. I will go there and, and people can like it, right? Yep. Yep. Like and, they and can follow. Email me through that. Beautiful. Yep. And, and Cotton, can, how about yeah. you? They, they can follow me, just Cotton, C O T T O N, K E T C H I E, Cotton Catchy on just Facebook, and I'll come up there, and I'd love them to, to like my page and be one of my followers and read my I blog every that. morning. Tony Craig, Cotton Ketchy, I know we're going to do this again. As your time together moves on and your careers and all of the success, we're going to want to revisit the past with you in the present sometime in the future. How's that? Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us on Trip Talk wonderful. today. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you, wishing you very happy holidays. We thank you for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. 
along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well. <laughs>